You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Danica and I'm joined by Riley. And today we are sitting down with Danielle, who is making the transition into her true self. We are going to talk about pronouns and name choices, transitioning while in a 27-year-long marriage, talking to her children about expressing her female side, the most challenging aspects throughout her transition, advice for those who are going through a similar situation, and misconceptions about trans individuals that need to be corrected. It was an absolute pleasure to sit down with Danielle and listen to her story, and we know you guys are going to love it, so sit back and enjoy. Today, Riley and I are sitting down with Danielle. For 27 years, she has been a loving husband and a father of two teens. Now at 49, she is newly discovering her gender identity, presenting as female. In the process, she is discovering her own biases and judgments, enabling her to finally learn and love her true self. Thank you so much for joining us, Danielle. Hi there. Thanks for having me. What a pleasure and an honor. I know this has been a, a little while in the making. So before we begin, which pronouns do you prefer to use? Um, right now, um, he and she. You're versatile. <laughs> is, is there a reason that you're using both pronouns? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I think, you know, this transition that I'm going through isn't really a destination. It's a journey. And like right now, where I'm at, I do love myself as male and as female. And it's like just super exciting to be able to discover the female side. So to give myself, like to have the name Danielle is like, this is really exciting. Actually, it was <laughs> enlivening to hear you say it. It feels so real when it gets shared in that way. So, um, yeah, it's just a really exciting time. And um, that's what I feel most comfortable with right now. Awesome. And then, as you said, you go by Danielle right now, which is not your birth name. How did you pick a gender-appropriate name that you connected with? Yeah, like so hard. Just think of names where it really gets you excited and actually has meaning. And this is the name that's closest to my real name, not to give my real name away or anything like that. But, you know, I'm not really hiding it either. It just feels like it's something that I'm most connected to. After, and that's after trying, like, several different names as well. What were some of the names that got discarded? Camille. That was an exciting one. I sort of like Camille. And um, it, it resonated. But, you know, when it comes down to it, it really, it's, it's, it's really about me loving myself and not to stray too far from those roots. Did you find that you were kind of trying out different versions of yourself with each name or you were trying to find a name that matched yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'd say the latter for sure. Um, certainly. Cause I'm still discovering myself. Like I said, you know, this is, this is, this is a journey and it changes from day to day. And the answers that you get for me today, like they might not be the same as tomorrow. Like, that's what I'm really discovering. You know, I have, um, and even, um, you know, for work, I find myself in different areas and where I am at a different time, like I have a different expression. And, and so when I'm at home, like I have a role to play at home and I really present and see myself in that role. So everything is, is continually shifting. And I don't know if it's going to be that way as my kids grow up and get older and move out. Like my home is going to have a different representation. And then the same as when I'm at work, um, 
it's different as well because it's the people that are around me that are sort of creating who I am in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm just this, you know, chameleon that all of a sudden blends into whatever there is, but it definitely has an impact um, on how I show up. Yeah. I mean, I think that gender itself is very fluid and I don't think that anyone can be expected to be either this or that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. If you saw me at the club versus my home life, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that. Yes. (laughs) um, Yeah, certainly. (laughs) Uh, how long ago did you start your transition um yeah you know i really wish i had a date and i and i knew definitively i can think of a a particular time um this is something that i have this has been a journey that's going on for the last 40 years i'd say and um in the past two years I had a situation that came up that um, that really shifted everything. It was a conversation with somebody, a friend, and and I shared with her these feelings um, that I was having, and um, she responded in a way that really made it real. Like she just recreated me in a way with the possibility of it actually being possible, not like what it was for myself where, you know, I saw it as like a death sentence pretty much where it would just eliminate any, um, you know, my love life or my relationship with my wife, my business. It would just really take away any opportunities for me. So, um, that was the catalyst at that point. And then I started taking actions to really discover if it was real. What do those actions so, look like? Like, how did your kind of journey go from there? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a super great question. Thanks. And it just brings back, um, it's great to relive this. So this is one of the reasons why I really want to be part of this podcast is because I get to relive my story to these questions as well. And, um, and most notably was creating... Um, a community of people that were really supportive, who loved me for who I was regardless. And, um, and I could just talk to them about whatever was going on, you know, like what it could look like. Like, can I really do this? Can I really wear these clothes out? Can I really wear makeup? Can I like, you know, how do I show up in the world in this way? Is it real? And, um, they were just a great support. So that first thing was really developing a community, um, a network of people that I can share um, concerns with. And um, and then it started to evolve into other actions as well. So like going shopping, makeup, makeup, makeup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Stuff that really has me feeling, um, feeling female, feeling feminine. Just acknowledging that part of me. So as you mentioned before, or I mentioned before, I guess, um, you've been married for 27 years. Um, I was going to say that's longer than I've been alive, but it's not. (laughs) It's longer than I've been alive. Wow. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) Um, So have, have you talked to your wife about this new you? Was that the, was the question, how do I talk to my wife? Um, well, first I'll have you. And then um, okay. how did that conversation go? So the question was, have I told my wife? So 
the conversations with my wife started approximately at the same time as when I had this conversation with this woman um, that was a friend that had made it like this was a reality. It was possible for me to, be, to live this way. And, um, and I have to say, I think, you know, there's a certain amount of denial that it was actually said. And to this day, it's like I said something and she's like, you never said anything. <laughs> so the choice to hear things when you don't necessarily want to hear them is, is sometimes, you know, it, it impacts like your listening of things. So, um, I would say, so approximately two years ago, we started having the conversations around it and, um, and it was very triggering. And I think at that point, I don't even think she really knew what it meant. And I can really understand that because, you know, as I've, as you said in the intro, I'm even learning my own biases around this. Like there's so much that I didn't understand and I am living it now. So for somebody who is not living, this is not part of their lives. Um, really challenging for her to wrap her head around it. And you know, that is still the case. It is very challenging. So she's really taken on like learning, um, having conversations with other people, trying to really understand as best she can. And for me, I'm trying to put her in a direction where it's an unbiased conversation that she's having with other people. So she's not just getting the information, like it started off with um, telling her friends. And often her friends were not familiar with, you know, what it would be like having a transgender husband and they would then present their own biases. So it was really up to me to have conversations with her that were going to allow um, her to have a more broad view on what it could mean for us and our future together. Because that is really what I'm committed to is for us to continue to be married and have a life together. That's a good answer. <laughs> I feel like you practiced. <laughs> what's that? What's that? I said that's a good answer. I feel like you practiced. <laughs> no, no. Oh my god. Well, every day. Every day. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. You listen to the podcast, so you know that I, um, we both are very open with our uh, sexuality. So we have a question for you about your sexuality, uh, and we spoke out this before when we met for coffee um that when you're presenting when you were presenting solely as a male you identified as heterosexual um in other words you know you were attracted solely to to women to females has that changed for you now that you're presenting as a female yourself and a male Yeah, another great question. And again, that's a really confusing one. And I would say that I'm definitely more open to being attracted to to anything, like regardless of their gender. I don't think it's necessarily male or not. It's just like open to being attracted to people. Like, and I guess that is just representative of how I want people to see me. That I'm I'm a person, I'm a human being, and I make certain choices the way I live my life, and it doesn't really reflect anything else and you know what makes somebody attractive is i guess for me is somebody with like awesome energy who's passionate for life who is you know visually attractive (laughs) and i guess if there's some chemistry you know like those are the really key things that i look for in a person so it could be literally anybody that fits Mm -hmm. those things yeah 
And my gosh, that's like such a huge discovery for me as well. Because like I said, you know, you know, I've been in a relationship with somebody for 27 years and really loving relationship. I love my wife dearly. And, you know, I am human. I do see other people at the same time. It's not like with the intention of like, you know, being with them. It's because I just wasn't thinking that way. So, you know, I've got this new, you know, it's exciting too, because now it's our relationship is actually open right now. Our marriage is on hold for a year um, while we discover this to give ourselves the opportunity to um, to learn what it might mean, to like to grow in our own way at this time. And um, so, yeah, you see things with a whole new light. You see people in a different way. Yeah. Well, that is Perfect segue to my next question. So thank you, Danielle. <laughs> um, so I know you had told me before that you had some, well, we said hot dates, but then we we're like, maybe not so hot dates. <laughs> um, does that mean, I guess, obviously that your marriage is open now, but how does that look for you guys? Um, do you have rules in place to make it work? Is it open on her end as well? Yeah, yeah it's open. <laughs> I guess it has to be both ways or it doesn't work. And, um, I mean, my, apparently my last relationship wasn't, so <laughs> apparently it was just a one-way street for him, so <laughs> unbeknownst to me, but okay. <laughs> right. And, okay, so to begin with the honesty, I guess, of whatever happens, you know, that there is honesty. <laughs> we, you know, I'm taking a course on on being monogamous, you know, what is it called? Ethical, ethical monogamy. And, and uh, you know, I'm going to be learning what it means like I'm learning. This is totally learning. So as long as we're honest and being truthful to each other and we're being respectful, um, you know, that's, what's important. I don't need to know every detail. I don't need to know. Like, I, <laughs> like um, maybe I will, maybe it'd just be fun. You know, maybe cause we're friends, technically we're friends right now. So what does it look like? I mean, I bet Riley knows a few things about you, you know, <laughs> because just being friends, you guys share things together in a way that you would. She knows nothing about nothing. <laughs> so, um, so I don't know what it looks like. I mean, right now we're parents and we have our own work and um, I'm away sometimes um, we're getting to a place where I'm presenting as female at home and that's still very triggering and we're, we're dealing with the conversation of you know, what that is going to be like. Um, you know, super fortunate. We've got these amazing two teenage kids who just see the world in a completely different way that really tone any anxiety down a certain degree. Like they just sort of level things off for us. And, um, I don't know what it's going to look like. You know, we're going to figure that one out as we go, play it by ear, but have these, you know, concepts in place of, of ways of being for each other so it doesn't get out of control. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, emotions, emotions getting out of control, like those types of things. Um, so we're totally going to get into your children and discuss that. But first and foremost, I want to know how the hot dates went and spill the juicy details. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no hot dates. I, I'm, you know, no hot dates. No. <laughs> I wish there were juicy details. <laughs> this is the part of the podcast that everyone's got their ears to like <laughs> perked, perked up. Um, no, I wish I could say there were hot dates. I wish I could say there was something. There's just like nothing. It's all work. And you know what? I spend too much time shopping. It's really fun. Wow, you being really, a girl you really have to say your transition's complete. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I don't need to date anymore. <laughs> this is like you transitioned into Danica. <laughs> yeah, you have become me. <laughs> I'm so proud of us. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> okay, so to get back to your kids, um, how did that conversation go with them? And has your relationship changed uh, since you came out? Um, yeah, the conversation with my kids, like I was saying, it's that in my head was much worse than it actually went. It was remarkably easy. Um, and unbeknownst to me, like one of my daughter's friends, dad is transgender as well so she's already in the conversation and knows what it means and like it's normal and I guess their exposure on social media um you know it, it's just seems to be so mainstream at that age that it's not a big deal so for my daughter um quite easy really quite easy and remarkably loving and caring and she sends me like tiktok messages with like ways to dress you need to get this outfit <laughs> like, she's like my fashion advisor like she's amazing super fortunate my son um is a very different personality um very intellectual and very thoughtful like analyzes everything to death. And when I shared it with him the first time, um, I shared it with him like in a piece like that I like to wear women's clothing. And the first thing that he said was, so does that mean you want to be a woman? And it just came across as being so normal that he would say that because he can just see through things. He has an awareness that's just remarkable. So, um, you know, then it makes it easier. I got to say it is definitely harder just having like conversation with him about it. For some reason that has to do everything with me though, that I've got it that as a father, I need to present a certain way and that, that um, there's a missing for him if I'm not in that way. And you know, I, these are stories that go on in my head and I know that's not true because as a father, what's truly important is there to support our kids to grow and develop for them to be like, everything that they can possibly be. So this is actually in a way a gift. This is a gift to demonstrate. It's like, you know what? You have a dream. There's something you want. It doesn't matter how challenging it is. It's like completely available. And, um, and so, you know, that's who I am for my kids and for my family. And I remind myself that daily. I am fully confronted by that one. It's challenging. Well, I'm yeah, really glad to hear that it went well with your kids. And I, I think there is something to be said about, uh, the age that we live in and that it's just so much easier for the younger generation because you're dealing with it with your peers um, more often than not. You know, people are becoming more open about um, being gay or lesbian or gender fluid, non-binary, trans. So I think it's just really opened up more doors. And from the people that I've spoken to, you know, more and more of the older generation are feeling 
uh, more confident, confident in coming out as well. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see that that's Definitely. kind of trickling up in a sense. Definitely. Yeah, I'd say you're right. I'd say you're absolutely right with that. That would be my own observation as well, especially with people who are older. And in, and in the last couple of days, I've I've learned of two people that I know quite well that are transitioning as well that I would have never imagined. But I guess, um, you know, for them, their circumstances have changed. And um, in the last few years, that's what they've been up to as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's remarkable. And, you know, you just speak about being gender fluid and non-binary. It's like, I think, you know, you know, I don't know. I can't speak for people. Someone's going to listen to this and go, you know, well, you don't know me, you know, certainly like there's a certain amount of awareness that takes place to get to this point. And it's really a choice on whether or not you want to discover yourself fully to discover like what is there. And quite possibly people are, absolutely heterosexual, you know, absolutely one way or another. Like I totally get that, but I personally believe there's like this sliding chart and we all find ourselves somewhere on the sliding chart and, um, and it's just to be discovered. But often people will like, just be like, no, you know, I'm, I'm this, I was told this, I'm going to be this. I've lived this my whole life. I'm going to be this way. And there's not that there's anything wrong with that. I just think that there's possibly, um, I'm missing in their lives, like for something to discover, like there's just like, there's so many things in this world to discover, you know, this is just another one of them. And it just happens to be our own personal selves. I think that's sort of important. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so you mentioned to us before when we had, we got a little coffee date, the three of us, this was, I mean, how long ago was this now? Two months ago, maybe, maybe back yeah. in, something like that, November, December, something like that. that, Um, so back then you had mentioned to us that you were presenting as Danielle, or I guess it was Camille back then, um, in Vancouver, but you were presenting as your biological gender when you're in your hometown. Um, are you still doing that? I guess now you're, you're venturing more to your hometown presenting as Danielle. And why did you make that choice at first to present and keep them separately? I live in a small town. <laughs> That's like the, the, the beginning. Okay. Um, and again, um, I have this role at home as being a husband and a father. So to that transition, I think is, is more than one issue. It's the issue of like presenting a female, you know, being biologically male in a, in a very small town that, you know, is, you know, I could come up with lots of reasons right now why it would be very challenging to present as female. And, um, you know, I have a choice to believe that or not. And so what I'm confronted with with that is truly, sorry, I'm getting away from your question, but I think it's really relevant because I want to be able to live in this world and not hide. Mm-hmm. Like that is truly what's important. Like I, I didn't, you know, am I going to be trans and not travel the world? Am I going to be trans and like just stay in a house and not ever leave because I want to, I don't want to show my face. Like Mm -hmm. there's nothing fulfilling about that. And I want to be able to be part of this world, you know, like as self-expressed as being transgender, like I want to be part of this world and, um, part of my communities, part of my work, part of like whatever it is that I, 
my team that I want to do. So, so yeah, like that would be the next step for me is really being able to present in my hometown. And it might not look like being as girly girl as I would love to be, you know, with like Barbie pink nail polish. But <laughs> if you go shopping, you can find some pretty nice outfits that would work appropriately in a small town as well. <laughs> you know, like I think there's a way around everything. And, and it's really going to take courage for me to show up in that way. And that, I think, goes a long way as well. If I've got the, the courage to be the person that I want to be um, at home, then, you know, just own it. Like, Danny, you know this better than anyone. I just, you know, I am so grateful for who you've been for me. Um, owning yourself and what you do and being an advocate for sex work and is extraordinary because it's really confronting for people. And I find myself in the same situation. So, you know, that is truly inspiring. inspiring and I look for people in the world with similar views and ideas that are willing to take on the status quo that are willing to like, you know, so they can be their authentic self, not to like, you know, be the F you of the world, but really because they're really committed in that and love what they do. I'm awaiting my Nobel prize. (laughs) (laughs) If there was any. (laughs) Sorry, come on. Um, no, uh, if there was any, what impact did you do you think that, uh, for the lack of a better term, part-time presenting had on discovering your new self? Did it feel safer kind of having that separated from your hometown? Did it make it more difficult to kind of discover yourself? Yeah, it was great. Presenting as female was like incredibly enlivening and, and freeing. Oh my gosh, it's like a drug, no <laughs> joke, so exciting. And um, being, you know, I'm, I'm in Vancouver presently, so dressing or presenting as female here within the communities that I am familiar with um, is really amazing. And I am so fortunate to have such amazing people in my life that truly acknowledge me for who I am. And it's like normal. Like I go see them now and it's like nothing other than, Oh, nice outfit. (laughs) You look good. Or (laughs) sharing like fashion notes other than that. Um, No, it's just, you know, it's business as usual, but in a completely different way. So it's extraordinary. Mm -hmm. So much fun. It's fun. It brings a whole new level of fun to living that I didn't know previously. That's awesome. And I really do, I think you set up very, um, in a lovely way there about, you know, are you going to be trans and stay in your hotel room or stay in your hometown and never travel the world? I think, um, and that's, you know, that's not really living and I think that's a really beautiful, um, statement to make as, as hard as that can be. I think that's like the, the end goal, right? It's like, why finally get to this place where you get to be you and not get to fully express it anywhere else besides between like the four walls of your home. Right. Um, that being said, it is a challenging thing. I am not transgender and neither is Riley. So we can't speak on the challenges, but we've heard obviously that there are a lot. So what have been the most challenging aspects throughout your transition? Oh, I'd say myself. I'll just be fully responsible for that one. Um, Just my own biases and beliefs around what people think it's going to be like. And um, 
I mean, of course I've had situations where I'm getting looks and, you know, people don't understand or a smile or, you know, and I don't really know what it means and what's going on in their head. But I think what happens is you just take those looks and you start making them mean something. So once again, it's having that awareness in the moment, like right away when it's happening to go like, you know, how relevant is this? Is my safety, is it my safety? Like, am I concerned for my own safety in this moment or is this real? And frankly, does it even matter? You know, like those would be the quick questions that I would be going through, but I have yet to have my personal safety being at risk. You know, the worst is I've had, um, and I shared this with a friend who's non-binary and that I was on, I was in the middle of the road going to my car and I had one person looking at me from one side of the road with these laser beam eyes and the other person from the other side of the road. And, um, it's like you develop these superhero shields to prevent them <laughs> from attacking you. You know, it's like you get this feeling and, um, you know, people do stuff all the time. And I think, or it's like they're using their inside voice. Like, I'm sure that I've been somewhere and someone's been thinking about me, but it just didn't come out the same way. But now being transgender gives them, they're more triggered and they're just, you know, it's their inside voice coming out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's always, it's always happening. Like, it's never not happening. People make things mean things all the time. And, um, and now, you know, I just see more of it than mm-hmm. what I didn't see before. So, you know, that's them. It's not me. I don't have to make it me. That's their stuff. And they can, you know, they can live that way. That's totally on them. And there's not really anything I can do about it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I, uh, it's definitely terrifying to see how much, uh, um, discomfort or like unsafe some trans people can feel uh in their community and you know i'm glad that you you haven't had a lot of that i think it's almost like i find it interesting because these are probably things you didn't feel before when you presented as a male you know worried about why is that person staring at me is it safe to walk down this alleyway but now that you're presenting as a female you do need to be aware and it's kind of just like a glimpse into what even um, uh, cis, cis, women. cis women experience daily, right? Um, that and you're saying, you no, know, you uh, you've developed this superpower, and it's like for us women, we've always had to have it, you know, because if I'm walking down the street, no matter how bright a day it is, no matter what street it is, if there's a guy staring at me like that, I have to evaluate the situation. You know, is he going to follow me to my car? Is he, does he have friends with him? Is there more of him than there's of me? Could I take him if he jumped me? Um, mm-hmm. So it's definitely interesting to. It's yeah. It's almost like people want to attack women, no matter if you're biologically a woman, like a cis woman, or if you're a transgender woman. People just want to attack women. It feels like. Yeah, and I don't mean to take away from anybody's experience. I really don't. And you know, I've been coming out during COVID as well, where there's you know we're just not out as much as we would be normally, mm-hmm. and I'm only presenting part time as well, and within my communities that I know, like I'm not heading out downtown, going out and and finding myself in unfamiliar areas. Like that's just not happening. So, you know, I'm also doing a very good job of controlling my environment 
in my experience so that I'm having good experiences. And I think in part that helps develop my own confidence. I'm probably doing that, like even unknowingly, unconsciously, I'm just doing that regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really have had the experience that you're sharing as well, being (laughs) a woman and those experiences being a woman. Like I've, you know, I've had just snippets of, of, um, snapshots of what it would look like and what, what it's like. Wow. It's extraordinary. Like Mm -hmm. I have so much respect and just seeing things in a completely different way of what you have to go through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's, we need to also say that trans women also hold a, a danger or a threat that we don't receive mm, oh yeah, for in sure. terms of like, you know, whatever there's, there's the men that are going to attack women, whether they're cis or trans. And then yeah. there's the men who are so uncomfortable with themselves yes, that definitely. they will only attack a trans woman because they don't think it's okay to hit a quote unquote girl, but like a, a trans woman is okay. So I think, I, I don't definitely think that you're, point, yeah. yeah, I definitely don't think that you're taking away from anyone's experience. I think that there are also things that the trans community have to deal with that we just have no way of understanding. Yeah. I definitely think there, it's like a, what's it called? A soul circles. Uh, Pie chat. No, no, no. <laughs> the Venn diagram. A Venn diagram too. Yeah. Of like the men that would just attack women are like by cis women. And then there's a group of men that will attack any kind of presenting woman. And then there is a really also disgusting group of people that would attack a transgender woman and justify it in their head. You know, and that's kind of thing what you're getting at. For sure, yeah. have some issue with the trans community or the LGBTQ community. Um, so, no, I definitely think that's a good point to make, too. And there's part of that that we won't understand as cis women. Yeah, great points. So what do we learn? Men are shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Biological men. Just, uh, yes, just cis males, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, unless they're but, in... You know, just, just on that point, like, I have... Um, I have friends who are, you know, very, uh, they were really surprised. So this is more friends of a friend, but I have a really good friend and his friends were like, wow, he's giving up his white male privilege to do this. Like that is like unbelievable. Can't believe you're doing that. (laughs) Like, why would he do that for that reason? (laughs) You know, it's a, it's an interesting comment to me. Mm. It's an interesting statement actually. And I say to, I used to say it to my, my ex all the time when he'd bitch about things. I was like, you're right. Your life is so hard as a cis white male. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm a super supportive girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah. Did you ever tell them that, um, if they advocate for equality, that, that wouldn't be a problem. Or? You be up, yeah. <laughs> or that they should they should use their white male privilege. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. No, I haven't spoken to those individuals. No, but I'm maybe drop sure them to say something on your behalf, especially right. You can link our link our podcast episode to them. <laughs> Hit him with the time mug. <laughs> um so because you're so in the midst of transitioning right now, do you have any, and I know this is what something I've touched on the podcast before too. When people ask me about, you know, baby stripper stuff, I sometimes I drove, I dragged Riley on. I regrettable. She's never left, but I dragged her on for one of the, the baby episodes because she is closer to that area of learning about stripping and learning about the things that I've forgotten with age um, and time in the industry. So I think it's, it's a great question for you because you are so in the in the transitioning phase of it that do you have advice for those who are going through a similar situation and, and transitioning right now and especially for people who 
either their family's not very supportive or they don't have a great support network available? I can really only speak to my own situation. I can't imagine how complicated and how difficult that would be. I mean, I guess it has been pretty challenging at home for myself, but to have, especially being, uh, my sister's a social worker and I've had conversations with her where she's dealing with kids in the school system who are young, dealing with parents who don't understand. And it's a very much controlling situation with a parent child situation, at least in some families. So um, she's seen that side of it and was sharing with me how complicated it is. And, um, you know, to being underage, it's a whole level that I'm not even going to speak to that they should really seek help for that one, I would say, but let's say they're adults. Um, of course, depending on who the person is, it's really, there's a choice to choose who you want to have in your life. Um, I think, I, I don't want to say you want to cut people out, but the messaging that they're sending your way, you have to be really selective on what you're listening to. And, um, and, and that's not easy. You know, I think it takes a lot of like your own personal development to reach to a place to, to see that being responsible for you yourself, being responsible for yourself in every situation is really the only way to create freedom in your life. So if, if you choose to be in a situation where you're getting bad feedback from somebody, then that is a choice. And, um, and I think it'd be a lot more valuable to choose to be around people who are going to provide the support and the networking that are going to have you grow and develop as well. And that can be just as confronting because Often, as people, we want to stay with what we know. It just feels good. We try to protect ourselves. So it takes something to grow and move from that place that you've been as well. So either way, it's, uh, there's energy that's going to be expended. <laughs> that's the challenge of, uh, of life. You know, We can choose to stay where we are. Or we can choose to grow. Definitely. And what have been some of the best outside sources of support that you've found so far in your journey? Um, either for you and or for your family members? I am, I'm really fortunate. I have like amazing friends who do a lot of personal development themselves. So I'm continually surrounded the conversation of like, you know, being disempowered and getting over that, being responsible for yourself, your own situation. Um, on top of that, some of them have some great fashion tips too. They're like <laughs> totally stylish. <laughs> Looking for like multiple outcomes. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> um, you know, keep searching for people that are going to truly empower you. So, and in my case, I am surrounded by those people and I, I just keep searching them out. I just keep reaching out to people. Amazingly, like, okay outside of the network, direct network of people, like on Instagram, I got to say, I mean, this is, I've reached out to so many people on Instagram who are influencers, who are incredibly giving and generous with their time because no doubt they have thousands of followers and they're still responding. And, um, you know, I, it is probably still a small community and that's why they're able to do that. And they're just so committed to seeing people being free in their lives, being who they want to be. So, you know, 
at the very least, like who isn't connected to social media in some way, just look for people that you look up to and reach out to them. Don't be scared to reach out to people. They are, they're there to help. They truly are to be supportive. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it's super important that as influencers, don't forget the little people. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Riley's like embarrassed on me. She like has her head in her hands. She's like, oh my god. (laughs) Just kidding. You can't see that we can actually see each other, like which is really great. This adds a whole new perspective to actually being on the podcast and actually being in the podcast and seeing you and like what goes on between the two of you. Yeah, you've been quite the loyal listener for a while. Is it a bit weird to be on the other side? You've made it. Um, <laughs> yeah. It is a little bit. I got to say, it is a little bit. And the bantering that goes on between the two of you becomes real. You can actually see it in real time now. It's fun. <laughs> you can see our double chins as we laugh. Yeah. You can see our cackling faces. Um, <laughs> yeah, I put a filter on my webcam next time. Um, <laughs> so something like like Riley said, you're, you're a loyal listener. You're, you've listened to a lot of the episodes. You know that one of the biggest reasons why I started the podcast was to confront misconceptions and stigmas about sex work, and that now has developed into wanting to give voice and challenge misconceptions and stigmas around a lot of different ways of living and a lot of different sexualities and experiences that people have. So what are some misconceptions or stigmas about transitioning that you would like to challenge or debunk? Wow, that's just really, really great question. So, um, so I am, yeah, like you said, I am one of these people that are debunking the misconceptions around being transgender. Like, and it happens in my everyday life. So, as I'm living and presenting in the real world, like that is the opportunity for me to, to like present as a powerful and confident transgender person just like you know that that we're just people living our lives um living fulfilled lives with families and with businesses and and being human and having the same issues that any other human being is going to have so um if there's anything to debunk is that there's anything weird about us that there's really anything different yeah I like that. It's a very good point. So we have some listener questions and we had an episode on last season with Sarah and yeah, and, and her, her daughter, Becca. Yeah. And um, a lot of the questions that came in were very similar to the ones that they had uh, for Sarah as well. So we sure. pulled out some of the ones because we want to see your response to them. Um, like, as you said, you know, you're not different from other people, but everyone's unique. So everyone has their own answers to things, handles things differently, transitions differently. So one of the first questions was, what factors occurred for you that helped you realize you were trans? Yeah, I would say I've always known, but never had the language around it. Mm. So, you know, if there's, if you have, you know, think maybe there's something different in any way, start learning about gender, identity, sexuality, 
my gosh, read education is like the key, the source to so much freedom. The more we know, you know, the more we learn, the more we know. So, um, am I answering the question? What's the question again? (laughs) Make sure I'm answering it. (laughs) What was the, uh, aha moment? Yeah. The factors that helped you realize that you were trans. Yeah. It it wasn't an aha moment that thanks for Riley. That was so perfect. (laughs) I understood that one. There wasn't an aha moment. I mean, it went from not understanding things like, am I bi? Like in my teens, like, oh, I just like women's clothing. This is weird. I'm a crossdresser, you know, more recently. Like, you know, I just, I just learned that I can choose to be whatever I want, whenever I want to be it. Like, I don't have, it doesn't have to be or look a certain way. It's my choice. So that would have been the aha moment, I guess, when I actually acknowledged that. That probably happened only six months ago. And that's when the guilt started going away because there was not so much confusion. I started to have a different understanding of myself. Just from that alone, there, there became acceptance for who I was. Because I always had to, you know, even now in so many areas of my life, I got to get it right. You know, like I have to figure things out a certain way and get them done perfectly well or it just doesn't work. So I can't be transgender. Like going from zero to 100 just like this, you know, it's like it was never real so I always gave it some other thing that didn't really make sense it never resonated so all those other things that I pointed out previously mm-hmm. so yeah this is just being a very slow learning up until that conversation with that woman and then like you said that aha moment was uh like I just said yeah so yeah I mean so six months ago then did it take a lot of courage to finally I guess, live your true self or start your uh, transition? Or was it just kind of a, fuck it, people judge me no matter what? It was both. I think you just nailed it on the head. Like, hit the nail on the head again. Like, it was the night before. I was like, I I was so frustrated. It's like, I am never going to present as female. Like, it was clear as day. It's never happening. <laughs> and then the next day, uh, I went to go visit a friend she brought me to this like woman who does her own makeup. I had my makeup done and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going out like this. I'm not taking it off. It's crazy. Mm. <laughs> Why would I want to do that? <laughs> so much art has been put on my face. Yes. <laughs> she beat the shit out of my face. I look good. And I look good. <laughs> the world so needs to see this. <laughs> yeah, but it's so ironic how it went from like, clearly it's never going to happen. There was just so much frustration that built up. I think as humans, we like to suffer. We sit in our suffering till we reach a point where it's like we can't suffer anymore or it kills us, one or the other. And that was, I guess, my breaking point. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I am very much guilty of that. I will, if something's on my mind and Riley can attest to this, she's side-eyeing me right now because she knows (laughs) if there's something that bothers me, I will not drop it for a lifetime until I have been so like you know drug my drag myself through the mud enough times and like kicking and screaming crying and then one day I'll be like okay I'm over it now (laughs) I've suffered enough over it like I'm very much like that so that's a very um true statement you made to how I am (laughs) no one can punish me as much as I can punish me that's for damn sure (laughs) so with regards to the, the transitioning, what aspect of the physical or mental was the most important to you? 
what aspect of the physical or mental? Um, wow, that's a that's a tough one, and I think that's really hard to separate the two because they sort of go hand in hand. Like I've noticed that I, I never really understood dysphoria in a way where it was like. Because I never, you know, I, I would see, I would hear about cases where people would be like have so much that, you know, they'd want to take their lives or they'd want to take some, you know, really drastic actions. And I never experienced that. So I always questioned whether or not I was transgender, transgender because I just felt like, well, I don't have this dysphoria. I cannot be transgender. That doesn't make sense. Um, so separating the two um, didn't really make sense. I, I think, you know, they play hand in hand. If I look a certain way, it actually connected to being a certain way. So if I look male, I'm more connected to being male. If I'm more female looking, it connects me to more being female. And so they, they just sort of work hand in hand. That makes sense. I'm still having a hard time answering that question, but I, I think I'm getting to it. <laughs> no, it makes sense. If you were to look at yourself in a mirror, do you see your new self or your old self? And if it's your new self, how long did it take before your previous identity was no longer something that you recognized? So I guess this question is a little bit different considering yeah. you are um, indulging in this, uh, you know, slow, like not a slow transition, but, you know, you're enjoying the process. So, yeah, how does that resonate with you? It's it's. That's a great question as well. Like I see myself in the mirror more and more as being female and in part it has to do with some of those things that I've done. Like I've gotten my eyelashes tinted and lifted and my eyebrows done and you know, I can actually do makeup and I just have the freedom of knowledge knowing that I can transit, I can make myself appear more feminine. So when I look at myself in the mirror, um, yeah, it's super satisfying and it feels great. And there's times certainly where I look at my mirror and I see my old self. Like, and that's often when my self-esteem is, is a little bit down. It gets the better of me in that way. It's, it's more like gauging the temperature of how I'm feeling, I think, by how I'm looking at myself in the mirror and, and how I see myself. Yeah, I think that can be... <clears throat> Pardon me. I think that can be true for a lot of people when they look at themselves in the mirror as well. It's very uh, malleable how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mirrors are interesting things, right? It's like it's a reflection. It's a reflection of your mind. It's not really a reflection of your face mm -hmm. to a certain degree. Anyone who's Because how many people, like when they own themselves, when they're like, it doesn't matter what they look like. They're just like walking out on that stage or I'm going down that runway and like worth a million bucks, you know, you can look like anything and still have that presence and just people will be like, Whoa, blown away. doesn't matter. It's just really how you show up. Definitely. Mm -hmm. The next question here, do you regret waiting to come out and embrace this you and what would you go back and do differently? I don't regret the time it's taken because I am in this relationship. It's worked really well, as well as it could have worked with me given my family because I'm, I'm also responsible for their experience of my transition. And, I mean, it's not my fault if they, if they don't see it as, like, something valuable or, 
or whatever. But, but I'm, you know, everybody, it takes time for change. Like that's just the reality. Like change takes time. And I continue to have these conversations with my family so that they understand me. And, you know, when you learn something new, it takes time to, to digest that information and, and then they'll have questions from it. So it's, you know, that's really important for me in my situation and everyone's got their own unique situation. I mean, I am just super present like to the fact that these are viewers questions and, and I feel really responsible for answering them in a way where it's not necessarily just, you know, how I feel about something, but how it's going to impact them as well. So, um, so I, you know, I just, for anybody, you know, listening, I would say that everyone's situation is unique and you have to really look at your own situation and what's important for you. Cause there are definitely people that who need to absolutely transition like immediately. And I don't want to take that away from them as well. Like that's their experience. Everyone's got their own. Definitely. Well, I know as you probably know from listening there's three questions i ask everyone before i let them run away and you're not getting away with it easy like with it easy and you have to answer them too (laughs) so first question what is one thing on your sexual bucket list that you haven't done yet but you want to try uh how many buckets do you have danny I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I can fill a lot of buckets with that one you know what i'm i'm there's a lot for me to experience that i would love to experience and you want one <laughs> you, had, you had you can throw a couple out there <laughs> yeah rattle them off <laughs> oh wow you got me look i'm blushing now um <laughs> I would love to be with a trans person. That would be great. I want to be like truly connected to somebody. I want to have like a, a like just like where there's chemistry. I really want chemistry. That's what I want. I want chemistry. Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> you want an act though. <laughs> you want an act. Um, uh, you know what? I can't share that. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. I'm protecting. I'm kicking and screaming. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> if you don't tell us, we can't help you find it. <laughs> um, with regards to being with a transgender individual, would you want to be with a transgender man, a transgender woman, or would it not matter to you either way? transgender woman Mm. and going back to your previous question (laughs) because I've gotten (laughs) over not saying what it was (laughs) up the courage Um, I would like to be like fully submissive bottom me too (laughs) (laughs) take me <laughs> Love it. Okay, on the opposite side, what is one thing that you've tried sexually? Wait a second, Riley. When you find this person, okay, <laughs> I, I'm still looking. We need Anna. to create some like teamwork in this one. We need to help each other out. Uh, Kink, Kink out. D is a good uh, dating app or dating kind of 
consulting, yeah. site thing. Yeah. If you're looking for kinky people, otherwise there's uh, Vancouver Kink or yeah, there's yeah, quite a few. We'll throw yeah. you. We'll throw you some options. Oh my god. <laughs> so on that, wrong. on the a complete Can other I side. Tell your girls right on. <laughs> <laughs> so on the complete opposite side, what is one thing you've tried sexually that you wouldn't be doing again? See, like, I knew you were going to ask me this one. (laughs) (laughs) the same three every time, right? I was thinking, I was like, I can't think of anything. There's nothing that I've tried that I've not liked. I mean, you know, there's the obvious sort of, like, your favorite word that I won't bring up because I don't want you to cringe. (laughs) None of that stuff. That's sort of gross. But anything else, nothing else. (laughs) Okay, I'll leave it. (laughs) And lastly... If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Right. Yeah, it's a great question. So um, I think whenever anybody thinks that they're absolutely right about anything, to really step back and look at it and see what it is that has them believe that they're right about it. Because just in itself, being right about something... Like it insinuates that there's going to be judgment, that there's a right or wrong way of being. And I would suggest that that's not the case, that there is no right or wrong. And judgment is just really in the way of um, being connected to other people, to discovering and learning and, um, and being with other people. So, um, yeah, stop that. Stop being right. Stop it. I can't. I'm always right. Um, all right. It has That's been. That's why you were looking back at each other. <laughs> and always correct. <laughs> so you know, there's, banter, there's banter being right, and then there's like, you know, being right. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I do agree with what you say. Like, anyone who has an opinion and think that their opinion is the right one right. needs to. Uh, reevaluate just question yourself too right question the things you believe and question the things you think and i think that's how like we just develop as people but this is your 30 seconds not ours so yeah Yeah, Um, i said you're helping me refine it it's refined now (laughs) because we're always right (laughs) (laughs) so that is all of our questions for you today where can people find you danielle if they want to connect with you um, I've got an email address. I think uh, you can share that. It's, uh, what is it? Own your love, Danielle, at gmail.com. Own my love. Own it's your email. <laughs> it's own my love, Danielle, at gmail.com. I'll throw it in. The, I'll throw it in. The, <laughs> I'll throw it in. Danielle is your email. <laughs> I can't do everything for everyone. All right, Riley, where can they'll find you, my love? You can find me on Instagram at VanCityRiley. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at 50plusatip or email me at 50plusatip at gmail.com. Send in any questions, comments, hopefully not too many concerns. Um, We like getting them. Thank you so much for joining us, Danielle. It was an absolute pleasure, and we are so proud of the, like, leaps and bounds you're making. And it's been really rewarding to watch you um, just take on this transition and you, yeah, you just make it look effortless. And I know... Um, how much courage it's taken with you. So we're we're very proud and we're um, honored to have kind of been a tiny part of your journey and been able to talk with you through it. Not so tiny. Thank you very much for having me on the show. It's also part of this process for me. And um, 
yeah, I wouldn't be where I was if I weren't for both of you as well. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful week and happy hoeing. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Okay, guys, don't go away just yet. We have a pretty funny blooper at the end of this that you should definitely listen and have a laugh. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so close. <laughs> I feel like Riley now. I'm like so on the spot. This is so hard. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you make fun of all the time. I, like, I totally get it. That's hard. <laughs> Thanks. Have a wonderful week and happy hoeing. Is that what you say? Yeah. Okay. That's easy, right? <laughs> Okay. For some of us. <laughs> Why is this me trying to do our Oh ads? my god, there's two there's two of you. <laughs> Have you noticed that we're like pre we like well Danny has pre-recorded the uh yeah. the sponsors now? Yeah, I'm, Riley I'm got trusted. booted out. She was messing it up too much. <laughs> <I> <laughs> booted her out of it. <laughs> you got fired. She got fired. <laughs> Not that I, I ever beat her. <laughs> <laughs> let go for creative differences <laughs> do, do you want to try that again should we try that again oh no we're keeping this thing keep going this is good this is perfect <laughs> add the bloopers in the whole thing 100% alright we'll do it again for you awesome well thanks again for coming on thanks for having me and happy hoeing Close, but no. <laughs> no. Have a, have a wonderful week and happy hoeing. What did I say? Thanks for having me on. Happy hoeing. <laughs> Close, <laughs> but you missed part of it. <laughs> From the top. <laughs> Make a joke. Thanks. That's Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful week. It's three lines. Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful week. Happy hoeing. And happy hoeing. Perfect. Okay, we'll try again. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful week and happy hoeing. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Beautiful. <laughs> Yay. <laughs>